You're listening to The Royally Made, a different kind of podcast helping you grow in power, purpose, and grace. Let's see what it really means to be a royal daughter. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. It's a little overcast today, so make sure you grab your cup of coffee and grab your tea. And today we are going to talk about five things that I wished that I had known before I got married. Mm. That's good. I want to start off by saying that I think I probably intellectually knew all of these things before I got married, but I didn't really understand them. And I think too often when we get married, we think, oh, well, I'm going to be different. I've read all the books. I've listened to teachings. I've listened to sermons. I have mentors. And you think it's going to be different for me. And it's always different. It's always a shock. And I think that's maybe the first thing that I need to share is that it's okay if it's a little bit of a shock. You're taking two very different people and then blending them together (laughs) into one life, one unit, one family, and there's going to be some bumps in the road. And so I think the first thing, and this isn't one of my five tips, but the first thing that I want to say is It's okay for it to be a shock. It's okay for there to be some bumpy roads. It's okay for there to be some, you know, plot twists, right? (laughs) That's kind of part of it. That's part of life. And that means that you're living an interesting story. So don't let that discourage you. Don't let it depress you. Don't let it drive you to thinking, oh, maybe I married the wrong person. That's, That's nonsense. Just realize that it's going to be tricky. It's going to be different, but that that's okay and that God is right there with you and every other girl on the planet has basically faced the same thing, right? It's a lie that you're the only one who's caught off guard by these things. So realize that you're not alone. It's part of the journey and embrace the journey that lies before you. So no matter how old you are, you know, or if you're married or newly married or single and you want to get married, these I think apply to all of us because marriage is marriage no matter your age and These things will help you prepare for marriage, or if you are kind of newly married (laughs) and you're in those first few years, then this is probably going to help you too. First thing that I think you need to know before getting married is that you are in fact the same person. You're both actually the same people. I think there's this behind the scenes kind of mentality that when I stand up at the altar and say I do, that because I'm I'm proclaiming my love before God and man, that some angel is going to come and have a magic fairy wand and sprinkle me with fairy dust. And then I'm going to wake up the next day and I'm going to be a wife and I'm going to be able to cook and clean and deal with the bills and deal with, you know, give, give sage words of wisdom to my husband when he needs it. It's like, we think that we're all of a sudden going to be these completely different people. And while yes, when you wake up the next day, you will be a wife and there will be things that are different, you're essentially the same person. And the only way that you're going to grow and become the wife that you want to be is through habits and learning and growing and disciplining yourself in these areas. You don't learn how to cook until you actually start cooking, right? You don't learn how to clean until you start cleaning and you don't learn how to give sage words of wisdom until you, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit and put good wisdom into to your heart, right? And so these things take time. Marriage is kind of like, okay, now you were picked for the team and now you're going to need to learn how to play the sport. 
And so you just need to take on this mentality that, you know what, I don't really know what I'm doing and that's okay. I'm going to learn. You need to have the mindset of a student and realize that you're going to need to learn not only how to be a wife and how to have a good marriage, but how to have a good marriage for you, right? Because there's lots of good marriage advice out there, but no one else is married to your husband. No one else is going to have your exact marriage. And so putting good teaching in is good good, but there comes a point when you're going to have to really just lean on the Holy Spirit and dig into your relationship with God so that he can speak to you how to love your husband well, how to speak to his heart, you know, what kind of life he's leading you guys to live because what someone else does might not be what you need to do. And so it's important to realize that it's a process. You're going to need to grow into it and he's going to need to grow into it too, right? That's sometimes the the missing piece that we don't always think about is he has no idea how to be a husband either. So we need to be learning and growing, but we need to also give grace to him to be able to learn and grow and learn what it means to be a husband and figure out what it means to lead your new family and to step into that role that God's placed him in. Give each other grace to grow and learn together. The second thing that you need to know before getting married is the devil hates your marriage. And I know this might seem like a really kind of maybe cliche thing in Christianity. Oh, the devil hates my marriage. But it's true. And this is not something that we normally think about because when you fight with your husband, do you think about the devil? No. You think, how dare he? How, how dare he speak to me that way? He does not understand what I'm trying to say here. He was, I, he was wrong. I was right. And we rarely bring this concept of spiritual warfare into our marriage. And especially if you're single right now or you're dating or you're engaged, you probably haven't run into many headbutting moments with this guy yet because, oh, everything's great and we're going to have a different marriage and it's going to be awesome. And it's like, okay, yes, I, I think you should shoot for the stars. I think you should, you know, prepare now. But one thing that you also need to prepare for is the fact that the devil hates your marriage. Think about all of the stories that you love, whether in the Bible or just stories in general, fairy tales that you love. There's always a villain, right? And there's a villain in those stories because there's a villain in your story. And the villain always goes after the beauty. And so don't be surprised when you get married that all of a sudden things start rising to the surface, right? Thoughts start coming, mentalities start coming, um, insecurities start rising to the surface, and they're going to rise to the surface for him too, right? All of a sudden you're going to be fighting and you're going to think, why are we fighting about this? Why is this a problem right now? Why am I having an issue with this? And it's almost not even going to make sense. And it's because it's the enemy. He will use whatever he can, insecurities, fears, past relationships, Um, other people, he will use whatever will work to get in between you two and get you looking at each other as enemies rather than as allies. And so it's really important that you open up your eyes to what's really going on here. It's not always how it seems. In their book, Love and War, which I highly recommend, John and Stacey Eldridge say this, you live in a world at war. Spiritual attack must be a category you think in or you will misunderstand more than half of what happens in your marriage. And I couldn't have said it better myself. There is so much more going on in your life and in your marriage than you realize. 
There's so much more. There is a villain and he is after your unity. He is after your heart. He is after the influence that you could have together. Because when you get married, your influence doesn't double, it multiplies. And that is what he hates. He hates the picture of what it paints on the earth. And we need to be women who open our eyes to what's really going on here. When you're fighting with your husband, what's really going on? When you're getting into worry and anxiety, What's really going on? We need to be women who can see past the curtain, see past the natural realm and into the spiritual realm by revelation of the Holy Spirit and be like Arwen in the Lord of the Rings when she's taking Frodo on her horse to get him where he needs to go to save his life. She rides with speed and when the attackers come, she looks at them and goes, if you want him, come and claim him. I love that so much. And we need to be women like that with our husbands. They're not defenseless creatures, but God placed you in his life to be a warrior for his heart. And instead of getting snappy, instead of getting attitudes, instead of getting gross, instead of just getting fearful and passive, we either get we either get attitudes and we get manipulative or we get fearful and anxious and we get passive. And both leave our husband vulnerable to the enemy. And we need to be strong women who go, no, 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 you know what? What's going on here? Enemy, you know what? No, you're going to talk to me now. If you want him, you are going to have to go through me because I am not giving in to the lies. I am not giving in to the temporal. You're going to have to face off with me if you want to get to him. And when you both have that attitude, there is nothing that can come against your marriage. And you know what? The best time to get this attitude is when you're single. So start thinking about the kind of person that you want to be and the kind of woman that you want to be and become that person now so that when you are standing with your husband, you have a history of fighting your battles rather than running from them. The third thing is probably the most common thing that people share, but it's because it's really important. And that is communication is key. You know, when Jeff and I were dating, we were actually friends for probably three years before we even started dating. And so we had already talked a lot. And that was one thing that really drew us to each other was the fact that we were able to have these really deep conversations and talk about God and even debate a little bit about different perspectives. And we just always had a really good uh, relationship with communication. But with my past boyfriends, (laughs) I never really communicated well at all. In fact, I kind of would take on the persona of whatever I thought they wanted me to. So I never really voiced my opinions. I never really voiced my concerns. I didn't really think about what I wanted. It was always just what he wants. And so it was great that I didn't have that with Jeff at first, but then once he became my boyfriend (laughs) and then eventually my husband, that side of me kind of started coming up and there would be times when we'd be trying to have a conversation and he'd get a little harsh because he's trying to get me to say what I'm thinking and to just communicate. And I would just shrivel back and go, I don't even know how to communicate this to you right now. And a lot of it was because I developed a mentality that your opinion doesn't matter. If you say the wrong thing, you might ruin the relationship. And my, my mentality was almost like, um, like self-preservation, like preserve the relationship at all costs, even if it's a bad relationship, right? And obviously I was in a good relationship with Jeff now, but I still had this mentality of no, 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 don't be honest. No, 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 don't communicate. And so I literally didn't really have 
communication skills with Jeff in my marriage. And I had to kind of develop that. And he had to have grace on me and he has over the years, but I've had to kind of step out and go, okay, here's what I'm thinking. And here's what I'm thinking about this situation. And it's taken time, right? I've had to battle insecurities. He's had to battle insecurities. I've had to learn how not to communicate and how sometimes I can go overboard. And and I've had to find this balance to where now Jeff and I have gone through a lot of things in the last, I'd say two years, definitely one year where we have just kind of been in sync and we've had to communicate, okay, here's what I think God is telling me. Okay, here's what I think God is telling me. And we make decisions based on the peace that we both have with God. And that's been a really important way that we make decisions as a couple. But if you're not able to communicate honestly with each other, you're not going to have that. I remember one time I heard a minister share um, something that really stuck with me, and that's when you're single, you know, God kind of just speaks to you, right? You kind of have this one-on-one relationship where it's just God speaks, okay. And I had that very strong. I I loved my relationship with God. I moved to Russia because God told me to. I moved back because God told me to. You know, I did a lot of different things with God, and it was me and him out facing the world, and it was really exciting. And then I got married (laughs) and it's still really exciting. In fact, I ended up doing more than I ever had when I was single, but I had to learn that, you know what? God still speaks to me and we still have a relationship, but when it comes to things that involve both Jeff and me, I'm not the only person in this equation anymore. And so there are things that God is sharing with me that I need to that I need to pass on to Jeff. And there are things that God is sharing with Jeff that he needs to pass on to me. It's not just a one person thing anymore. There's I'm trying to show you my hands. There's two people, right? And so when God shares things with Jeff and God shares things with me and we come together, we're able to see what matches and we're able to put the pieces of the puzzle together. You no longer have all the pieces is what I'm trying to say. He's giving some pieces to Jeff and some pieces to me. And when we explain them to each other, we're able to paint a larger picture of what's going on. And so that's why it's so important that you learn how to communicate because you're not going to have all the answers, you know, but you're only going to be able to make the right decisions as a couple if you're both being honest and vulnerable and you're you're able to communicate well with each other and this also plays a role in our expectations right that's kind of another area where we really need to communicate is too often problems in marriage come up because you have expectations that go unsaid but are continued to be upheld So you're not saying what expectations you have on him as a husband, but you're holding him to them. And so then when he doesn't do that, then you're upset and he's probably doing the same thing to you. And so it's important to communicate when you're having those expectations, but I think even more, it's important to lay those expectations at the feet of Jesus, you know, and go, God, you know what? My marriage isn't based on how I expect him to act. Because too often we look at marriage as, okay, well, you do this for me and then I'll do this for you. And a lot of times that goes left unsaid, but we uphold it on our end. We, we put that expectation on that person. But marriage is supposed to be you serving the other person. And so I really recommend that you maybe make a list of those expectations that maybe you've had on him and you go to God and you go, God, I'm giving this list to you. 
if anything is on here that I need to talk to him about, then, then show that to me. But otherwise I'm laying this, this list of expect my list, my list of expectations at your feet and going, you know what, God, you're more than enough for me. So I'm trusting you to fill me and show me how I can serve my husband better. And when you do that, it's going to solve a lot of problems. The fourth thing is your husband is not your girlfriend. And (laughs) this is something that I don't think we actually talk about enough, but your husband is not your girlfriend. Too often, it's really easy to get really close to your husband when you first get married, and that's good because they really should be your best friend. This is your teammate. This is the person that you're linking arms with for the rest of your life. So they need to be the most important relationship outside of God that you have. And that's really important. But there can be a little bit of a problem when you start trying to turn them into one of your girlfriends. And I think sometimes that's happened with me. And what's really important is you need to have time apart. I know this might even sound like, how can that be true? That's not right. It is absolutely right. You will have a much healthier marriage if he has time with his guy friends and you have time with your girlfriends. Now, let me also say really important, that this doesn't mean that you hang out with just anyone, right? You need to have friends who support your marriage and who aren't terrible influences in your life, if that makes sense. So if you're hanging around someone who's constantly putting your marriage down or trying to convince you to leave the person, like that's not what I'm talking about. That's not the kind of friendships that you should really even have in your life at all, to be honest. But It's really important that you both have friendships outside of your marriage because too often people get really close to their spouse to the point where they don't even know how to have a relationship with anyone else. They don't know how to be a friend to anyone else. And then when you do that, you create this little bubble around you and your husband and you guys are right and everyone else is wrong. And it can actually be a pretty dangerous place to be because the enemy can attack you more because you don't have people around you supporting you and saying, hey, you know what? I don't think that that's right. Or you know what? I'm seeing something here that doesn't seem okay. You need that in your life. And so make sure that you're giving him permission to have friends and to spend time with those friends and that you are also spending time with your friends and having girls nights and getting together with other girls and sharing things that maybe you really shouldn't be talking about with your spouse, right? It's not like you need to keep things hidden from your spouse, but there are some things that you need to talk about with your girlfriends and there are some things that he needs to talk about with his guy friends. So make sure that you give each other space for that and when you do it, your time together is going to be so much better. The fifth and final thing that you need to know before getting married or if you're already married, is that you need to love God more than you love your husband. And again, this might sound a little strange, but it's absolutely true. Your relationship with God is going to be the foundation of what your marriage is going to be. And if you don't have a strong relationship with God, you're not going to have a strong marriage. Because if your marriage is built on anything other than a strong relationship with God, then those things can change, right? The conditions of how he feels about you can change. The conditions of how you feel about him could change. You know, the condition of your life could change. Your finances could change. Your home could change. Your friends could change. Your career could change. All of these other things can change. And if your marriage is only good, if all of these things are lining up perfectly, then you're going to have a very, very difficult marriage. But a strong marriage is built when two people 
have good relationships with God, not perfect relationship with God, right? None of us have arrived there yet. I'm not there, but I know that my marriage is stronger when I'm spending time with God and I'm depending on God to fill me emotionally. And then when I do that, I don't put that pressure on Jeff. You know, too often we we put pressure on our spouse to make us feel whole. And while, yes, we should be treated with respect and, you know, we should love each other. And there's, there's things that you should have an expectation on to a degree. However, we put way too many expectations on that person. Your emotional stability cannot be based on your spouse, cannot be based on how they treat you, what kind of mood they're in that day, how they talk to you, how many expectations they check off your list. Your emotional stability cannot be based off that because you will be up and down, up and down, and then you're always the victim. And if you're the victim, you can't change. So we need to be getting all of our our emotional stability, our our love, our our um our source of life from our relationship with God. And when you get that, then you're able to give freely to your spouse. And you know what? If they're having a bad day and they're cranky and they maybe aren't very nice to you, it doesn't ruin your day. You can still have a good day and be like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave you alone and let them deal with their stuff. <laughs> you know, they're, they're still a person who's dealing with insecurities and dealing with life, and it doesn't always have to do with you. But you're often gonna be the person that it gets taken out on, and you're often gonna be taking out your frustrations on him. And so it's important to realize that you know what? It's not life or death. You know that they have a relationship with God. You need a relationship with God and you need to make that the most important thing in your life if you're ever going to have any kind of strong marriage. Something else that can happen, especially if you're trying to get your emotional stability from the other person, is that it's really tempting to start taking responsibility for the other person. And while you are best friends, and so because you're best friends, you should be able to call each other out on stuff. You know, if you see that they're acting in a way that they, they you know they shouldn't, you, Things that you would normally call a best friend out on, you need to be able to do that because iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another. You need to be that sharpening tool for them and they for you. So you need to have allowance in your relationship to be able to share things with. But you never do that in front of other people, right? You never embarrass someone and you never shame them. And so that's important. However, outside of that, it's really easy to start trying to take responsibility for how the other person acts. I think especially if maybe you grew up with a younger sibling that you felt responsible for. I don't know, maybe even if you have kids in your relationship, that can kind of cross over too in a difficult way. But sometimes you start projecting like feelings of, okay, now I'm responsible for you. And so you get embarrassed for the other person, or you you start babying them, you start mommying them, right? There's a lot of couples who kind of parent each other, and it's weird, and it's awkward when you're around that because it's really passive-aggressive. And so that can happen very easily when you're depending on that other person to be your source. So if they're acting one way that maybe embarrasses you a little bit, or maybe you don't agree with, it kind of throws you off. And so now you have to correct them. And that's not a healthy way to live. That person is not going to grow if they're being hammered by you. No one wants to feel like their spouse is treating them like a child. And so that's really important to remember too. And the only way that you're going to 
fight against that is again, you're not so dependent on that other person to fill your needs, but God is your source. And so build that relationship with God, spend time with him, because as you do that, he's going to grow you. He's going to strengthen your heart. He's going to give you words of wisdom to know how to handle situations and know how to contribute to what's going on in your marriage. He's going to show you things that are going on in your husband's heart that maybe you can't see. There's so much to marriage. Again, there's so much more than meets the eye that's going on in the spiritual realm. And so the best thing you can do for your future marriage or your current marriage is to grow that relationship with God. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And if you would like to hear more episodes from me, then make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much. And until next time, remember to write the story of your life well. Thank you so much. And remember, until next time, to write the story of your life well. Well.